What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast, the only show designed to help you love and lead your family from the front, from this place of opportunity, all at the same time still pursuing your own personal professional goals as well. That's a lot to balance. It's a lot to juggle. It's a big problem. We all experience it, but that is what we are here to do. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today I want to first thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the show, whether you have been here every step of the way or this is your first time tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You could be spending your time doing literally anything else and you've chosen to listen to this episode. That's something that I take very seriously. My goal here is to steward your time and attention well and give you the best return on that time and attention that I possibly can. So thank you for being here. And before I introduce this week's guest, I want to give a quick plug for our Dad the Man Facebook group, which you can find on Facebook. Just go to the group section, search for Dad the Man. We will come up, or you can go to the link in the show notes. Very easy to find. It's a free group, so there's no excuse not to join. You know, as 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 men, husbands, and fathers, We face a lot of challenges. We face a lot of obstacles. We have a lot on our plates. We go through a lot of different things, but we think we're unique in those challenges. When really, as men, husbands, and fathers, we go through so many of the same things, but we we always default to wanting to go through them together, to be the lone wolf, say, hey, I can handle this on my own. But why? There's no point. We're all going through the same things. Let's go through it together. And that's why we created this group is for us to pour into each other, to lean on each other, to have a brotherhood of guys going through the same things together. So don't go at it alone. Come join us in the group. It's totally free. Like I said, no excuse not to join. Come check it out. I hope to see you in there soon. So today's guest is none other than Johnny Gomes. Johnny is a former Major League Baseball player and two-time World Series champ, and he's currently the minor league outfield and base running coordinator for the Arizona Diamondbacks. In his time in the league, he strung together a phenomenal career, 13 years. From 2003 to 2016, he won two World Series championships, the first with the Boston Red Sox and the second with the Kansas City Royals. Johnny has this incredible story of how he accidentally became a professional baseball player. Yes, accidentally. It's a great story. We get into it in our conversation today. We talk about Johnny's time in the league, being married, having kids, balancing all of that with being a professional athlete. And he spent a lot of time playing against my favorite team, the Yankees. He spent a lot of time in Tampa Bay and Boston, obviously. So I got to hear some of his stories, talking about his favorite Yankees. He talks about Derek Jeter a lot. Really cool experience for me. Johnny has a unique perspective and honest gratitude for the life that he lives, and you hear it come through every time he speaks. He's a really funny dude with a dry sense of humor, and I really enjoyed chatting with him. Above it all, he's an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Johnny Gomes. And we're live with two-time World Series champ with us today, the one and only Johnny Gomes. Johnny, I'm pumped to get the chance to have you here on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making some time for us today, man. Super pumped. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast, brother. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, I'd say majority of my time is baseball this, baseball that. Um, but, you know, uh, first and foremost, you know, dad and husband, 
um, you know, work, baseball, World Series, this and that, you know, that's uh, definitely in my resume and all this stuff. But, you know, the thing I'm most proud about is home. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little change of uh, change of convo, but I- I'm all in on it. <laughs> well, good. Well, good stuff, man. Well, like I said, I'm pumped to have you here. So to, to kick this thing off, one of my favorite places to wade into a conversation like this is I want to get everybody a chance to really get to know you. I think we know, I think most people probably know you from the TV years, right? The middle of your career, but take us back. If you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, family dynamic siblings, what you were into the whole nine yards. Yeah, man. Um, I guess first and foremost, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, but you talk about like an absolute hot mess, like, worst case scenario from you know parents divorced at like I, I don't I don't have any recollection of my parents together so mm-hmm. my parents got divorced I think I was probably like two so grew up in the split house this and that um you know we had the you know the stepmom deal um we had you know the no funds the no money you know there's parts of uh, my high school years of being homeless um, you know, mom and dad's relationship wasn't that good back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But, um, like I said, I wouldn't change it for the world, man. I wouldn't change it for the world. It, it, it makes me appreciate every breath that I take now. It makes me appreciate the roof over my head, my wife, my kids, health, um, all the things that, you know, probably aren't number one on most people's list because they haven't had the adversity, yeah. but, um, with that being said, yeah, I mean, my, my main goal is basically to not give my kids the life I had, which is, you know, pretty unique. And um, at times can be exhausting. Um, at times can be the the balance of, you know, you instantly call it like spoiled, like my kids spoiled is all heck. But um, that's what I wanted, you know, because I wanted it when I was a kid. Uh, couldn't get it for whatever reasons, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's my turn now as the dad and, and the rock of the family and all this stuff to do what I do. And um, I live for it. Yeah, I was going to wait and ask you about this later, but you brought it up. How in the world do you balance that with your own kids? Like they've known dad as like professional baseball player that puts you financially in a certain level of security, I guess you could say. How do you balance them having that as the baseline versus I guess the maybe like the the tenacity, the work ethic, the drive that came out of the childhood that you had. How do you marry those together? I mean, I think of that. If you, if you could just make it real clear for us yeah. and break it down super simple. It, it's hard, man. It really is. And I think like if the right answer was out there, the book would be written. But with that being said, literally every single case or case study is going to be different to where like, I mean, I remember in first and second grade walking to school, like, you know, the old uphill both ways crap, but, you know, like walking to school, like four or five miles and then walking home because that was the only option. You know, I mean, we couldn't be wasting gas getting me, you know, to school. Yeah. Fast forward to now, my kids get picked up and dropped off in a brand new truck. Like whatever year it is, that's what freaking truck dad's driving. (laughs) And it's just like, damn, you know, like you know, I appreciate, you know, all the hard work that I put in is what I, you know, value the most now. And it's because I didn't have it. And, you know, from not having a roof over my head to my kids having a roof over their head. And I joke with them all the time. 
I ask this question like probably four or five times a year. I go, if Christmas is tomorrow, like what would be on your Christmas list? And they're like, ah, geez. Like I, I'm like, that, that's just not, that means you guys have everything. That's such crap. Like <laughs> if I was asked this question, I would give you a thousand things because I don't have them. Um, and it's just like a head scratcher. Yeah. But um, I think I'm on the right track. My kids are super humble. Um, we're actually in the process right now. My older three are um, raising money, right? They're like selling stickers and bracelets and t-shirts to uh, buy a big inflatable water slide. Nice. Um, we rented a water slide for my kid's birthday. It was one of the, like the big deals. And afterwards they're like, dad, this thing's so cool. Like I love to be on this thing. Like every day, like, can you buy it? And it just like set the steel off in my head. I'm like, you guys think I could literally buy everything. And like, maybe I do sometimes, but I go, if you guys want this thing, I'll tell you what, like you buy it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, they're doing good. They, they've made probably like $1,200 in the last, uh, I'd say four months. Dang. Yeah. They're nailing it. So they're sticking with it. Over four yeah, months. No, yeah, that's, yeah, they're on it. That's pretty legit. Yeah, they're on it. They set up like little stands in our neighborhood, lemonade stands. You know, we have like one of these cricket deals so they can make like custom stickers and my daughter makes bracelets. And yeah, so it's uh it's, it's a good proud father moment. What's going on? Yeah, man, no doubt. That's uh that's incredible. Um, well, I'll tell you what, you said the book hadn't been written. If if you do get this figured out, you know, it sounds like you're on the right track. You might be the guy to write the book. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I've, uh, I've had a couple book opportunities, you know, for baseball career, like my life and all this stuff and books are super successful. I've known people that are like, Oh yeah, I wrote this book and I've cashed so much money and all this stuff. And I'm not super, I'm, I think I'm too superstitious to be superstitious, but <laughs> in, in like writing a book in my head, I'm always like, I can't think of the end what's the end? Like, how do you, like, yeah. if it's not to be continued, like I, I can't write a book. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, the book will be written when my kids are sitting here with their kids and then that, that'll be, you know, we'll see how it worked out. That's awesome. Well, if you write that book, I'll read it. I'll tell you All that right. much. <laughs> um, I want to go back into your story a little bit. When did baseball for you as, as a kid kind of become something that was serious for you? Was that young age or was that a little bit older? How did, how did that materialize for you well i mean i started to realize like right from jump street and you know we're coming from the era of you played all sports right you played basketball you played baseball you played soccer you played everything and it was weird to see like i loved going to practice and i loved going to games because especially games because we had the uniform and the thing that would stand out in the game is like hustle, trying hard, love for the game and talent that nothing to do with what you were wearing. You know, you didn't have the cool shirt, the cool hat. You didn't get picked up and dropped off in the cool car. It was just, you know, what was in between the lines. And so when I wasn't in between the lines, like I was at the bottom of the totem pole, right? Like the crappy car, the crappy house, the crappy clothes, like all the stuff. But when I get in between the lines, like, I was the dude, right? You yeah. know, I was the football guy and the baseball guy. And um, so I was just all in on sports so I could, you know, be the guy. And then at school, you know, the kid whose dad's a doctor, a lawyer, super successful, his 
getting picked up in the Porsche and like da da da. <laughs> like that's cool, but you can't hit homers or you know you're not good at football. <laughs> you know that that's the yeah. jam. So yeah, um, yeah, I checked into sports uh, right away. So when did when did when did you realize baseball was going to be something you were going to be doing for a long time? Was that like the dream as a child? Like, hey, I'm I'm going to the majors, or did it just kind of happen? What I mean, we all had the dream, right? I mean, I yeah. had a dream. I mean, I was going to be the first dude ever to play in the NBA, to play in the <laughs> NFL and MLB. I was, I, you know, that's the dream. Me too. But um, mine was late, man. I mean, if you like, I went to a junior college and I was all right in junior college. I was a real late bloomer, success wise. Um. I had, I mean, if it was like a trophy case back then, like all my trophies were like most improved, like the try hard kid, you know, the charity trophy. I didn't have any of the MVPs. I didn't have the all-stars, all stuff. Um, and then, so I went to a junior college for two years and my last game of junior college, it was like, all right, man, you know, I gave it my all baseball's hard. Like that's it. Cause I didn't have a college scholarship anywhere. So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, couldn't pay tuition, this and that. Um, so it was like ship sailed. Boom. So actually I enrolled into the service. I, oh, wow. uh, I enrolled into the Marines. Um, why? Because I wanted to, um, I wasn't cut out for, you know, a cubicle job or I wasn't really cut out, you know, for that world. Um, when was, what year was that? Like around that what was time? in 2001. Wow. Okay. So right in around 9-11. Yeah. And I actually, I got a call from the Tampa Bay Rays to go to a workout and i i literally i thought it was a prank i thought it was my buddies being like ah oh, yeah you're gonna work out like that uh, so i was messing around with the guy calling me i'm like yeah sure i'll be there whatever yeah this is dumb you know blah 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 and they're like talk me into it like all this stuff so i'm like so you want me to go to a pro workout when i can't even get like a d2 or d3 baseball scholarship like this it's not adding up yeah. You know, they're like, we like your body. We like how you play. We like this. We like that. We think there's something in there and blah, blah, blah. So I go to the workout and it was literally like the best four hours of baseball. Like I've ever played in my life. Like I remember leaving there being like, that was really cool. But if they think they're getting that guy, like, <laughs> I mean, I remember like hitting balls, like out of the yard, like Homer, Homer, Homer going like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> this everyone's going over the fence this is crazy i've yeah. never done this in my whole life ran the fastest 60 i ever ran throwing the balls like holy cow what's happening um man all moons align and then what like a month and a half later i got drafted in the 18th round by tampa and i was still like ah i don't know but i mean big leagues like yeah. i just want to go to college um, 2001. So I ended up signing and found myself on the on deck circle, September 12th of 2003 at Yankee stadium. Like, man, wow. That happened quick. Yeah. That, yeah. It so, was like, yeah. So you accidentally make the majors is what, what you're telling me. Thousand percent. Thousand <laughs> percent. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, no yeah. go ahead from, I mean, the time I, made it to the big leagues would have probably been the same time of like my first departure of like going overseas and fight. Cause yeah, like, you know, nine 11, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Iraq and Afghanistan was hot and heavy. And I was, you know, joking around, like I'm sitting here throwing a baseball at Yankee stadium when I 
was on pace to be throwing grenades like overseas as well. That's insane. Um, man. So, I mean, you stumble into the major leagues, you end up having an amazing career. Obviously everybody knows that looking back when, when, uh, I guess in your career, did kids come into the mix for you? So it's funny. I got my kids. This is my cheat sheet. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Zoe, Cole, Capri, Frank, and Duke. And I can't tell you how many times when, (laughs) so there's five of them Yeah. that, you know, you're at the doctor's office or whatever. You're like, all right, you know, it's uh, Colt's birthday. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) yep. Right here. Yeah. So, I mean, Zoe, right here. Yeah. November 4th, 2009. Um, Yeah. That was my first. So she's 12 now. And then three kids pretty much the whole time I was playing and then two little, uh, two little retirement babies. There you go. How does, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this being a professional athlete, the time it takes to debt, like you're just, I would have to imagine you're so mentally just dedicated, focused to the game, to everything going on, especially baseball, such a detailed sport. How does bringing a child into your life change things? Like I'm just imagining that being a pretty polar shift for you. What's that like? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big mindset change, you know I mean? To when you're talking about, you know, the one-on-one competition battle in baseball of you versus the pitcher. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to get you out. You're trying to get a hit like blah, blah, blah. And then you start getting into like contracts and, you know, in the first three years of baseball, you basically just get this base salary, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mike Trout wins the MVP his second year, his third year, he's still at a base. Um, So once you go into your fourth year, you basically get paid for how well you do. And then, you know, it hits that the pitcher's not only trying to get me out, but he's trying to take food off my kid's plate. Right. Like when yeah. you're like, there's so much more like on the plate and the better I do at baseball, the better life my kids have. So in baseball, it's like, it's a results driven industry. Like mm-hmm. you can kick butt at your nine to five, but if you kick butt more than your employee, the guy next to you, not necessarily making more money than him in baseball, right. you are right. Yeah. Results driven. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just having that on the back of my head and having that being the driving force of just like the more hits I get, the more toys my kids get. <laughs> yeah. How did you handle that pressure with that mindset? Like that's got a that's a lot of extra weight when you're stepping up to the plate with, and under the bright, bright lights at Yankee Stadium. Like you mentioned, like that, that's different. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I've, there's all kinds of talks, you know, you have in baseball and like. The most important thing is like, it's really, really cool. It's really, really, um, I guess there's a lot of success to having pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have pressure, you're a pretty mediocre, low on the totem pole, like life, Mm -hmm. where it's just show up and answer the phone or check this or check that with no pressure. So the more pressure you have, really, the more successful you are. So you, once you buy into that, you want more, you want more, you want more. And then, you know, pressure can be divided into so many different ways. It's like too much pressure and you crumble. You want more pressure to succeed. You want to shoot for the stars. You want more, you want more on your back. You want to play more. You want to shine more. You want to not get hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. So, um, 
yeah, at times, you know, people talk about, oh, I was nervous or there's too much pressure. I don't want to fail. I'm like, that's really cool to have that on your plate. Yeah. Like that, that's success. Like once you start getting pressure, you're, you're in a good position. Yeah. Like that pressure is a, is a privilege, not some, not, yeah. a, not a burden. Yeah. That's, that's a big perspective shift. I'm yeah. guessing that made you better. Yeah, man. I mean, like I'd say, you know, once I, even in junior college, so in junior college, I like sold my soul to the game and mm-hmm. wouldn't recommend it. Meaning I didn't pay attention in class and, you know, like all this stuff because that uh, there was nothing there for me. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, after like year probably four, you know, with like some ups and downs and then the downs being like, okay, if baseball doesn't work. The fallback plan is nothing because baseball is all I know. Right. Yeah. So I like, go, oh, if this doesn't work out, I can go use my degree to go, go be like, no degree, no nothing. So, um, yeah, man, I just, I, I sold my soul to the game and, you know, married the game first and this and that. And, but at the same time, like knew, you know, these, you know, veterans talk to you and stuff and you're going to be outside of the game, probably five, six, seven times longer than you're in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. So I played, you know, at the big league level for 12 years, now 12 years, you know, I've been out for almost 12 years already. Um, yeah. so but yeah, I mean, now I'm on the other side of coaching and player development and youth baseball, coaching my kid, you know, all kinds of other stuff, you know, still in the game of baseball that, um, you know, I can move up quick. I can talk. I broadcast all the stuff from my resume as playing. Yeah. Um, when you were traveling around with kids, uh, did you ever feel guilty le- like leaving? Like I, I imagine the work-life balance thing, like I still do this, like when I'm working late and I'm missing dinners and missing bedtimes it eats me a little bit how did you reconcile that in a in a profession where that 100 had to happen so early on in my daughter um zoe my oldest this was 2010 i went on the road for probably like five days and i came home and i walked in the door and she's like barely crawling and i like scared her she's like mm who's this dude, you know? And it like, hit, it, it just hit me to where like, I, I, I can't be away like that long, like ever again. Yeah. Um, and I know dudes that like, when they go to spring training, spring training is like two and a half, three months, they leave their family at home and works perfect for them, like whatever. Um, so after that, you know, I, I was never away from my kids for longer than eight days. Um, mm-hmm. So at times in baseball, they will be probably like three right around like 15 day road trips. Um, I would break it up and bring them to one of the cities. Um, so I'd say I was, I'm probably in the like real high percentile of time with my kids while I was playing. Yeah. That's incredible. I think I would probably be the same way. Yeah. Um, so thinking back on that for you reflecting, are there any memories that come to mind maybe with your daughter or any of your other kids, like favorite memories on the road with, with the family? Well, I think, uh, like winning, right? Like, you know, when you see like the championships and all the stuff, I mean, my kids were like in the clubhouse, my daughter in Kansas city, we have videos like all the time of her, like sliding across the floor. That was just like a slip and slide of champagne, you know, um, you know, smashing this, smashing that the celebration. So just having them, you know, soak in, you know, these winning 
you know, environments. You know, I was fortunate to w- go to the World Series in 08. We won the division in 10. We won the division in 12. 13 was a World Series. Uh, went to the wild card in 14. Again, the World Series, Kansas City in 15. So, I mean, he, these kids had goggles on their heads, like, <laughs> a lot. And so looking back at all that, it's pretty cool. That's incredible. All right, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more baseball question, then we'll, we'll move on from that, I promise. So I'm a, as a Yankees fan myself, I think of you as a Red Sox. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what I, I remember about you from your career. So, and you played the Yankees a lot. Tampa, yep. Boston, got the World Series with Boston. Are there any players that come to mind playing against the Yankees that, A, you either absolutely hated, like rivalry was real, couldn't stand them, or B, like loved them, respected them, had to, had to give them the nod? Anybody come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, my career breaking in in 03 um, in the American League, so like 03 to 08, those are like the prime. You know, that's that Yankees, that's that core four. That's yeah. that Jeter. Let's see. So it's like Jeter, uh, Posada, Mariano Rivera, Mike, Bernie Williams, Pettit, Bernie Williams. Um, and number two, man, the freaking captain, like Derek Jeter, like, I mean, everything from having just like the absolute utmost respect for the guy professionally to like just having a man crush on this dude, like <laughs> this guy just is so perfect. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> And I mean, it, it was, and then, you know, playing, you know, the years and then watching his retirement and all stuff. And I was just like, what are they going to do at shortstop when he's done? Like, it's probably gonna be the first team ever to just like, ah, we, we can't have a shortstop because retire the position. Derek, yeah. It's Derek Jeter's <laughs> forever and shortstop's going to be off limits. Like you can't hit the ball there. Um, you know, and then just realizing how fast the game, like will replace you, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees and the pinstripes and the old Yankee stadium, you know, all, all yeah. those memories were, were super cool. It's a great organization. That stadium was unbelievable. My family is, uh, I was born in New York on Long Island. My bunch of my family still lives up there. So I grew up in Birmingham, but we'd go back in the summer and, uh, and visit and we'd try to catch a game in the summer. And that old stadium was just unbelievable. A little yeah. different than the new one. Or actually, yeah, way different. I mean, yeah. I talk about it like, Going into Yankee Stadium is unlike any other place, even Fenway a little bit, but Yankee Stadium is like in a good way, like a haunted house, like a hundred percent. Like you just felt like this something, you know, like just the, the, you know, the history and this, and it was just kind of like, it wasn't eerie, but it was just like, feels like you're getting watched and, you know, feels (laughs) like, there's something way more important than you that yeah. you can't see. Um, and then obviously going out on the field and just seeing the passion from 58,000 fans is pretty cool atmosphere. Yeah. I used to, I used to love going in that stadium before they, before they knocked it down and built the new one, the new one, the new one's insane in a different way, I guess. Yeah. But absolutely. Uh, whole, totally different thing. All right. Well, I'll move on for baseball. I won't, I won't do this the whole time, even though I love hearing you talk about Yankee stadium as, as a Yankee yeah. guy myself. So catch us up to speed now. So you got you got five kids now. Tell us what life is like with five kids at home. Can you put that into words? Is that possible? So I, I'm sure everyone's different. And I think like the biggest deal are like age gaps. Um, so my first three, like super close. Um, I remember, you know, my older two when 
you know, you had one like learning to walk. Right. So he's like, on. no, my daughter's like on the coffee table, like getting ready to like fall and crack her head. And the other <laughs> one's like underneath, like going to trip. And like, that was tough. Yeah. Um, and then going from two to three, from two to three is just the absolute game changer. Right. So then now you need like the SUV. Now you yep. need the extended SUV. Now you need like the freaking skateboard on the double stroller. <laughs> now it's like multiple uh diaper genie things now it's like multiple you know you have three different sizes of diapers yeah um like all that so then they grow up and then the youngest is like eight and then we run frank as the new one and then duke right after um believe it or not like five kids in the house everyone's different but i find myself like doing nothing like, cause my older three are like literally like live in nannies. Like they change my youngest's diapers. They feed them. They make the bottles. They like, will do their laundry. My daughter will like organize his room. They'll pick up the toys. Like, I'm like, you know, wow. It's the absolute free. Like to have five kids in the house and it's like boring yeah. is, um, full blown bragging rights. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's not a freaking headache at all. Yeah. Um, but there's times, you know, when, you know, I joke around, it's like the second you find out you have like as many kids as friends, like, <laughs> you know, like, and then now that my older ones, so like when they're all in their sports, it's like three practices, three games at three different locations at the same time. I'm like, how do people do this? Like, what the, like, what? That's what, that's what I'm nervous about. So we've got yeah. two right now, boys, and they're, they're little, they're five and three, but yeah. we're already like, I'm already having to pick which kid's game I'm going to go to. And it, oh, dude, it tears me up. It totally. kills me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're watching this one's practice, whether you can't go to the other ones and what game you go to. And, you know, it's obviously my son's baseball. So I coach his team. But yeah. then, like, I can't coach my daughter's basketball or volleyball, and um, but it's all good. Like, it it it, it plays itself out. Um, but yeah, man, there, there's definitely that's probably the toughest is when the sports are up and running, and you got you know so three games, three locations, all at one, and then there's two more other ones that you got to drag along too, you know, to make it happen. So it was. Um, you know, I talked about like sometimes when it's like fourth and 15, you just got a freaking punt, you know, like you can't keep freaking going for it. So it's like, you have to ask someone, it's like, can you please take my, pick my kid up and take him to practice and bring him home? It's like such a burden, like in the beginning, but then you kind of figure out that's what everyone does. And that's the only way to like make this freaking thing work. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll pick him up. We'll go, yeah, I got to pick up so-and-so and so I'm like, wow, you're picking up like four kids. Like how many, Oh, you only got one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, you're definitely the soccer mom. Uh, I'm, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to remember that when it's fourth and 15, sometimes you just got to punt. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I'm like, we got this, we got this, we can do yeah. it. Like yeah. just, bro, ask for help. Yeah. I'm like that. When we fly, we fly all the time. And that's one thing that I'm with. I mean, I got like diaper bags and I'm holding a kid and all this <laughs> stuff. And someone's like, Oh, you want me to grab that? I'm like, absolutely not. I look like a hot mess right now, but I'm not getting help from anyone. They're my kids. There's me. Boom, boom. Um, but then there's other things when you just can't be in two different places where you got to get some help. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know that scene and being around the ballpark more with our kids, like our next door neighbors, they've got three kids and they're starting to see what that's like having the third one. It's like get involved. It's, it's a totally different ball game. Yep. What's it like with you and your wife? How do you guys keep the train on the tracks in the middle of the sports season when you guys are going every different direction? Yeah, man. I mean, like if you, you, you could write the book on this too, that'd be great. She needs to write the freaking book. Um, the 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 stuff. I mean, it's the whole like, you know, two totally different sex, two totally like the stuff that like she strives for and like wants to do, and it's so like I don't want a minute of it, you know. And she'll do it like all day, and then same like on the other side, right? Like sitting on the couch and reading like multiple books, you know, is just my worst nightmare ever, but you know, I do it, but it's like her worst nightmare of like playing hide and go seek and tag and like all this stuff. So yeah. it's, you know, the pros and the cons it's this and that, but um, she has a lot of weight on her shoulders. And I mean, she, she just takes it like a grain of salt and she's an absolute godsend. Um, couldn't do any of it without her. And with that being said, I mean, we're, we're a pretty good team. Yeah, that's uh, that's incredible. It sounds like you guys have a little yin and a yang. It sounds like you might you might like the madness, and she might like the uh, little more organization and structure. Am I picking yeah. up on that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's the on ongoing joke in the house is like my wife has six kids, you know, and I have five and a <laughs> wife because you know, I'm I'm always the one just screwing off, you know, this and that Nerf gun fight, you know. So who's gonna pick these up? Yeah, you right? No. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, she she's a godsend. We we did that yesterday. Our family were sitting down eating dinner. We've all had COVID this past weekend, so we're all we're all packed in the house. And at the end of the weekend, my wife was like, "All right, new rule. I put a dirty clothes basket downstairs. So when you cavemen that live in this house are taking your clothes off throughout the day, shirt, socks, everything's all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Where all three of you are gonna put this, put your dirty clothes in there." And she looks at my first son. She's like, yeah. "He's like, yes, ma'am." Looks at my yeah. other son. Yes, ma'am. That looks right at me, and I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." All right, yes, man. here we go. Yeah. I'm the Got third it. kid. Yeah. 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 Like all that stuff. I mean, and then, you know, I mean, we sit down for dinner and it's like, whew, here's this like huge spread. And I'm like, you made all that. Like, <laughs> when did you do that? Like, probably when you were outside screwing off, you know, like, oh, thanks. Dinner's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about this. I, I, one of my favorite questions, just kind of open it up. I like to hear your perspective on, you know, it sounds like your wife has a obviously five kids. She's going to have a big role in the family. Tell us a little bit about what she does. Can you tell us, maybe elaborate a little bit more on like, I guess what it's like day to day, her role in, in your family and how maybe how you support her in her role in your family? Yeah, I mean, I, again, like everyone's, you know, different. Um, you know, I, I joke around with, you know, like your wife, like, you know, with the laundry basket, you know, I'm like, there's so many rules. I have so many rules. Like I'm freaking 41 years old. Why do I have rules? It's my house. I did it like, what the hell, you know, but it's like the structure that she puts on. I'm like, I don't tell you to do anything, you know? Um, but yeah, man, she, she's got it all figured out. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, like complimenting her, like I should probably do it more, like all this stuff of letting her shine in her little arena and appreciative of it. And then not going into that arena right? Like I can do it better. I can do this. Um, and you know, obviously like going outside and playing tag and like, doing all stuff and seeing the actual like fun on their face, 
And then watching her like sit down, do her Montessori book stuff, that stuff. And it's not like light, lighting up and fun, but just knowing like the impact is the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she's, she's definitely got a huge thumbprint like on these kids and, you know, it, you know, like, Oh, your kids are awesome. Your kids are this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, uh, that she did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. I can, I can hear it coming through and I can see it on your face. You, the way that you honor her and respect her and admire her. And that's, that's a cool thing, man. There's, yeah. you know, you, you listen to a lot of guys and there's, a, you know, there's not a lot of leadership from the front, I think, or not enough at least of men honoring their wives and the roles that mm. they play in their families, whatever that is, whether that means they're, you know, it's, it's a role like your wife plays or my wife plays or someone who's maybe out at a job or doing whatever it is. I think as men, we got to do a better job of, of honoring honoring the women in our lives, honoring our wives and, and the roles yeah. that they play. So I appreciate you for leading from the front on that, man. That's yeah, awesome. No. Stuff. I mean, it, it, I was, you know, from playing, you know, 25 guys per team, some guys are up and down upwards, like 40 guys a season, seeing the different demographics of like so many different dudes, you know, from the rich dudes, the guys that are just grinding, you know, and then like seeing all the difference and then seeing the dude with like all the Louis Vuitton and the new watch and the new cars. And it's just like so freaking cool. And you're jealous, like all this stuff. And then going through and then you see this dude like roll in with like four kids, dress nice, hairs combed, following their dad like a freaking row of ducks, you know, like all this stuff. And he doesn't have any Louis Vuitton. He doesn't have all this stuff. And then like figuring out like, that's freaking doing it you know like that is the freaking because that's hard right it like, is you hard can't bu- you can't buy any of that like that, yeah. that's time sweat equity um all that stuff so i remember just seeing some of these dudes that like had super awesome families while playing like really well it was like screw that louis vuitton watch ferrari kid you know like i want to be that dude yeah, you can't buy that. You can't fake that, man. Yeah. Kids will expose you real quick. Yeah. Dude, anybody come to mind like a you know, like an old example, maybe somebody from one of the clubs you played with that's like, man, that's 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 my role model there. I mean, it's hard to put like you know, a single name on it because you know, at times, you know, it's unfortunate, or whatever, but bouncing around, you know, so playing on seven teams um in just 12 years, I was in a different clubhouse like all the time. But um yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some guys that stick out, you know, obviously, and you want to follow their lead. Yeah. And um, it's like, you know, I mean, it's it's rare, you know. I mean, I've dudes would bring their kids into the clubhouse and they just run amok, right? And it's <laughs> like, bro, your kid, like, what the hell? And yeah. you could just tell, like, these kids are just raised by nannies, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, dude, that ain't it at all. That's sad. That's sad. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Like I said before, from, for leading from the front, being that example yeah. for, you know, for, for the rest of us out here to follow watching you. And I'm sure there's some other guys in the clubhouses along the way that were looking up to you as well. So that's, that's cool stuff, man. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be respectful of your time. Move to the last couple questions here. I'll kick you off. Let you get back to your day. So first question here. And the answer to this question, by the way, cannot be your family. Quick caveat. So okay. question number one, what are you the most proud of? um in your life so far um so people you know so obviously like i said sold to the game so everything's like baseball right so all this stuff um people talk about like baseball memories all stuff like what sticks out i mean winning two world series this and that but 
my first game of major league baseball, like, cause that's all, I, I mean, I just wanted a game, dude. I just wanted in a bat. And I mean, I, tr- and everything else, literally everything else after that was just icing on the cake. Um, from being a small town, a junior college, a dude that was signed up to go to the service, like blah, blah, blah to just make it to the big leagues for a day. Um, so, and then, you know, the, the behind the scenes of how much work went into that, you know, the workouts, the late nights of struggles and struck out again, you know, and over here, over here, East coast, West coast, um, all the stuff. So, um, to be able to call myself like a professional athlete, um, you know, I talk to the guys, you know, I go like, when, once you get drafted, the adjective in front of athlete changes, right. It's no longer amateur athlete. Like now you are a professional athlete. So to be able to get paid for, you know, my passion, which was baseball, probably yeah. biggest, biggest accomplishment. That's cool. I'm, gonna, I'm imagining that moment now as, as you're describing that you're stepping up to the play for the first time. That's got to be pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, cool. cool. All right. Last question for you. It has to do with the word legacy. We hear a lot about the word legacy, right? We hear a lot about generational wealth, Amazon buildings, a lot of different things. All those things are great. And well, when I think about legacy myself, I think about um, I think about the people that mean the most to me in my life now and the people that God willing, I will leave behind on earth. So I think about my kids and the word legacy to me, I think about like the moments, the memories, the little lessons, you know, like the little things that experiences times together that we will share that, you know, God willing, like I said, if I'm able to leave them behind on earth, you know, the things they'll remember and then live the rest of their lives with. So through that context, if I turn that around on you and I say, Johnny, what do you want your legacy to be with your five kids? How would you answer that question? Man, I mean, I, you know, I, I want my kids like uh, on the good and the bad. Like I want my kids to be like fighters, right? Like mm-hmm. I want them to fight for what they believe in, right? And fist fight, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, that's cool. But like, you know, in the work environment, like fight to succeed, fight for, you know, that good grade, you know, fight to, you know, fix a relationship or a friendship that got tarnished, like somehow, like to not be quitters and to just like take the world on, like looking down the barrel, you know, and not shy away from anything like I did. You know, I, I joke around with my kids like all the time. I go like, we can sit here and have like all these powwows or you can just follow my freaking lead. Like, see what I'm doing? Like, can you do that? Right. Like do what I do, damn it. Um, (laughs) and you know, to see them, you know, see their dad, like fight for them and, you know, make all their practices, make all their games and like do everything that I can. Um, you know, I, I, I hope they, they know that like dad fought for them and, you know, for them to, uh, you know, carry that Gomes name, you know, a long way. I love it, man. That's, uh, that's one of my favorite answers I've gotten here on that, on that question. I ask everybody that one. So I appreciate that brother. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Johnny, thank you so much for making some time for us today, brother. It's been a pleasure and a blessing to get to have you here on the show. So I really appreciate you carving out some time for us. Uh, where's the best place for people to find you, follow you, stay in touch with you. Where do you want to send people? Yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, I jump on Instagram every once in a while. I'm not the big, you know, hoorah of that you know but um it's cool to uh kind of document with what we got going on so i'm on instagram uh none of the other platforms 
But um, you know, I'm around. I mean, you'll 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 find me at the baseball field, whether it's a, a 10U, you know, baseball game or calling the game for the Red Sox or whatever, hitting home runs in the home run derby. So um, you know, baseball dad, you know, I'm I'm all over the board. I love it, brother. Well, thank you so much for making some time. We'll stay in touch, brother. Thank you. All right, now be good. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See you.